So, Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory. What a wonderful opportunity to, to worship and to uh, praise, to, to offer adoration, to, um, to have chance to pray for people and to set apart Candace for the ministry that you have called her to, to agree with her for, um, for the things that you've spoken to her. And um, Lord, we know that there are words you've spoken over her, her whole life, even, even when you sent her to earth, <laughs> you spoke words over her. So we just agree with you for every word to be fulfilled and not one word to fall to the ground. And we thank you for her. I pray blessings upon her, abundant blessings, abundant blessings on her. And, um, and we thank you that you're going to teach us. It's a privilege to go into your word. Your word has life. And um, you have the ability to speak to all of us from the same passage of Scripture. And uh, it's amazing, Lord. So we ask you to um, hmm. I, I sort of see him seated in a recliner. I say, Lord, have a seat and be comfortable. <laughs> this is your house. And, uh, and we just thank you that you have saved us and redeemed us and uh, made us children and join heirs. And we pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Didn't want to stop praying. I wanted to keep going. So um, Today, we're going to be in Judges. And um, it's called Advance. I like that. Advance. It's interesting because I grew up playing on ditch banks with huge dirt clods, and so what I want to do is go over there and grab something and throw it when I see all that stuff piled up. Advance. Uh, Judges 1.11 is the anchor scripture, and I'm using the New International. From there, they advanced against the people living in Debir. have no idea if that's how you say it or not, my... My, yeah, my laptop, the audio is messed up right now, and so I can't hit Blue Letter Bible and say, how do you pronounce that? So we're going to go with Debir, formerly called Kiriath, have no idea, Kiriath, Sefer, or Sephir, I don't know. That's what we're going with today in eastern North Carolina. And uh, so let's start off in Judges uh, chapter 1. Uh, verses 1 and 2. Oh, that says 12 and 13. Ah, let me look at this because I think I've got 1 and 2 here. Maybe I didn't send everything to Kevin because I have several things before I get to Judges 12 13. Let me just back up one and let me just see what that is. I can't see it with this. Yeah, that's so, yeah. 
So just leave it there for a second. And then I'll, when we get to 12 and 13, I'll, I'll move it up. Um, so this is Judges 1, 1 and 2. After the death of Joshua, the Israelites asked the Lord, who of us is to go up first to fight against the Canaanites? And the Lord answered, Judah shall go up. I've given the land into their hands. Uh, some of you know, well, first of all, Joshua is the name of Jesus uh, in Hebrew. It's Yahashua. And, uh, and it means God is salvation or God saves. And, and so if Jesus was in the Old Testament, his name would be Joshua. Because it would come into English as Joshua, Yahashua. Some of you know it as Yeshua, which is a shortened version of Yahashua. Um, and so Joshua dies. He's been leading them since Moses. And they say, okay, we've still got territory to take. Lord, who do you want to go first? And he says, he says, Judah. And it's interesting that he says, I have delivered the land, I guess, into their hands. Uh, let me see how, how he says it in the NIV. But, but it's interesting. Judah shall go up. I've given the land into their hands. It's interesting because we know that Judah means praise, but you may not know that what it actually means is praise with outstretched hands. So when you stretch out your hands in praise, things get put in your hands. The land is put in their hands. Isn't that cool? And, and it's also, uh, Judah would also be the word for throwing something because it, it, again, has to do with your hands. Even though we just say praise, it ha you, I've heard people say, it's not in the Bible to raise your hands. Well, I don't know why it bothers people that if you raise your hands. <laughs> but anyhow, that, that's exactly what, what Judah means, is praise with outstretched hands. And, uh, and so it's used for throwing it's used for a sling, you know, because you're using your hand to release a thing. So, so praise with outstretched hands. And the Lord has put the land in their hands. So Judah will go first. Praise will lead. And a lot of you like to talk about that. And you'll cite Jehoshaphat as your example. Remember Jehoshaphat, all those armies came against him and they got the prophetic word that the Lord was going to fight the battle and for them to go out to meet the enemy the next day, but put the praise team in the front. I like that. So uh, we try to have a nice big praise team so we can put them in front of us anytime there's a threat. <laughs> right? Preacher likes to have the praise team out front so he can get back here and check things from back here. So... Um, <laughs> And then Canaanites. Canaanites. Um, one of the things that's amazing about our God is his mercy. Um, he told <clears throat> Abraham that his family was going to go into Egypt and would sojourn there for 400 years. It actually ended up being 430 years because Moses threw things off. But 400 years is what the Lord told him. So just in case you think, that you have no impact at all. 
Moses tried to take it in his own hands and deliver the people, killed the Egyptian, had to run. He, he gave them 30 more years in Egypt. If he had just listened to the Lord and let the Lord tell him how to do it. So, uh, yeah, really. 30 more years, what they would have, so, so he was gone for 40 years. So that means the Lord would somehow, if he had just stayed put and listened to the Lord, within 10 years, he would have delivered them out, you know. So, um, but anyhow, the Lord told him that. And he said, this land is your land, talking to Abraham. He said, but the, the wickedness or the evil or the sin of the people here has not yet reached its fullness because the Lord is merciful and he was giving them a chance. And so they got 400 and some more years. And all they did was become more wicked. So sometimes we say, why is there so much evil in the world? Well, first of all, because we don't agree with God, like Moses, and you can cause problems for yourself even if you love the Lord. And also, people choose evil rather than the Lord, you know. And, and, you know, he made this world with seed time and harvest. He made it with cause and effect. And he made it with free will. So people choose. And um, one of the things that most of you know is that a lot of the Christian world is willing to let the world go to hell in a handbasket. And they're waiting for the ejection sheet, sheet seat, Maybe there's a sheet around you when you go. I don't know. Yeah, I know that the Batmobile and James Bond's car both have ejection seats. <laughs> so, um, but it seems to be to me that the Lord wants us to take this place and fill the earth with his glory. And he's coming for a spotless church without wrinkle or blemish. And that's not what I typically see when I look at myself. I've got all kinds of weird things. And, um, but he's come for, coming for a glorious church that looks like him. So I, I, I'm wanting to see a period of glory, and I want to look more and more like him. So, um, so if that's true, then of course, if there's that old saying, you know, that evil spreads when good men do nothing or say nothing. Well, that's sort of what's happened with the church because we've lost the fact that we're supposed to pray the Lord's will right. on earth as it is in heaven. We have the authority. Because we haven't done that, evil has spread. Um, but it can be changed, which is part of what this advanced word is. I'm trying to watch the time. I just don't know... The Lord is the Lord of the impossible. So we will see him do this somehow. Uh, Judges 1.3. The men of Judah then said to the Simeonites, their fellow Israelites, come up with us into the territory allotted to us to fight the Canaanites. I didn't tell you about the Canaanites. We in turn will go with you into yours. So the Simeonites went with them. Uh, if Judah is outstretched hands in praise... Simeon, some of you have heard this when, uh, when I've talked about 
the Lord changing Simon's name to Peter because his name in Hebrew would be Simeon, uh, flat-nosed hyena beast. <laughs> or possibly a, uh, a creature that is half hyena and half wolf. But typically, that's not usually how you translate it. Typically, you translate it as hearing, especially hearing with a willingness to accept the word. And so, this is important. Simeon said yes, they would help Judah, and Judah would help them. So, it's important for me to have outstretched hands of praise and an ear focused on what the Lord will say because the Lord speaks to his sheep and his sheep know his voice. Both of those are about relationship because my praise is about my adoration of him and my listening ear is my willingness to hear and follow the word. It expects a relationship, right? So Canaanites... Canaanites, typically, when you hear about Canaanites, they're merchants, peddlers, business people. But you know what it also means? Traffickers. Boy, that's right out of today's headlines, isn't it? Traffickers. They trafficked in things. And because of the kind of idolatry they had and the gods they served, human lives were a part of that trafficking just like today. So they were coming into a land, and even here, that land has, it had reached as evil 40 years before, but they didn't take it, so they wandered 40 more years. And so now they're in this process, and now it's gotten far enough into the process that Joshua has died, and they're trying to figure out what happens after Joshua dies. Sort of like the early church. Jesus has died. What happens now? Or even after they see the resurrection. Jubilation, but he says, hey, guess what? I'm leaving you. <laughs> So what happens now? People, saints, little anointed ones are going to continue to praise and continue to listen. Amen. And you go through Acts and you see the Lord speaking to them. And when they don't have a direct word from the Lord, you hear things like, it seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit. So decisions were made in conjunction with the Lord, right? Typically, we make decisions like merchants. We weigh off pros and cons. And if some church down the road's got a bus ministry and it looks successful, we copy them. We don't go ask the Lord what it is he wants us to do, Right? So I think the Lord is looking for some folks who are willing to worship, make it all about him, and then listen to his voice. Right? Because he's got some plans and some purposes. And the Lord has said, 
When you pray or you agree with the things that I say, it shall be done. He didn't say, when I do what I think is right in my own flesh and strength, it shall be done. (laughs) Usually what will happen then is I'll have a nice Ishmael to have to deal with instead of an Isaac, a child of promise, a child of laughter, you know. But I digress. Let me just move on. Now, verse 11, from there they advanced against the people living in Debir, formerly called Kiriath-Sefer. Debir means sanctuary, and Kiriath-Sefer means the city of the book. Do you know for years, places that should be sanctuaries have been controlled by evil? And places that should have been teaching the word of God have been teaching doctrines of demons because we haven't been who we were called to be. But it's time to advance. It's time to possess the land. It's time for there to be the Lord's sanctuaries and cities of the book. Capital B. Okay. Right? So they were advancing toward. So now I think I can do this. 12 and 13, yes, now we can actually join. Join our program in progress at verses 12 and 13. And Caleb said, I'll give my daughter, today it's going to be Oxa. I don't know how you say her name, but today she's Oxa. In marriage to the men, to the man who attacks and captures Carrieth Sefer, uh, and then Othniel, I have no idea if it's Othniel, but today it is. Othniel, son of Kenaz, have no idea. Caleb's younger brother took it. So Caleb gave his daughter to uh, Oxa to him in marriage. Uh, Oxa means uh, ankle chain, which is interesting because an ankle chain can be an indication of slavery or it can be an Uh, an indication of prosperity because it can be jewelry. Right? So if we've all got a chain around our ankle, what kind of chain do we have? Is it a decoration, an ornamentation, something that shows the way the Lord has prospered us or are we in bondage to someone or something? Oxa. And then, um, (laughs) capture. That means smite. Capture. It means, well, actually, attack. Attack is smite. Uh, It means to strike, to hit. It means to kill. It means to see something, you know? which gets us into capture, which is also about seizing or taking. So he says, who's going to go over there and take those Canaanites and get our sanctuary back and our book back? And Othniel, Caleb's nephew, says, I'll do it. I'll do it, not for a city, but for your daughter. And because of Caleb who grew up 
with a chain on his ankle, but because of his spirit, she was growing up with a piece of jewelry. She was growing up in freedom. His sacrifice, that generation's sacrifice. And Othniel had the same kind of spirit that Caleb had. Othniel is lion of God, force of God, strength of God. So Othniel represents a generation that has not proven itself yet. I mean, I'm sure that Othniel participated in the battles that Joshua led and battles that Caleb led as Caleb took the land. You remember that Caleb, Caleb was taking the territory run by giants. You remember that, right? When he, had, when he had been one of the, you know, Joshua and Caleb were the only faithful spies. And so Caleb represented the tribe of Judah. Uh, Joshua represented the tribe of Ephraim or, you know, the two half tribes. He represented Joseph. And uh, they were faithful. And, and remember, Caleb said, I'm as strong now as I was then. And Moses promised me, some of you say Hebron, some of you say Hebron. And I intend to take it. I intend to sleep in a king-sized bed tonight. A giant-sized bed tonight. And, and he took that, and this is the process of them taking this territory. And uh, <laughs> there's lessons there about remaining true to the Lord. Caleb means dog, which is interesting because in the New Testament, we call the Gentiles dogs. Remember the Syrophoenician woman said, yeah, but the puppies get to eat the crumbs, you know? And Jesus said, oh, you're a good puppy. Um. But dog, it, it's, it's got, you know, if you've got a good dog, a good pet, he's, he or she is loyal and faithful, always happy to see you. You get home, your kids may not run to you and hug you. Your wife may not say anything nice, but the dog is there, boy, the dog is there. Where you been? We've been doing stuff all day. <laughs> I peed on this and I peed on that. And it's just, you should have been here, you know? And so there's, a, there's an implication with Caleb of faithfulness, you know? Um, and, and he's been faithful. And he's outlived his generation because of that. And he's lived on a promise. And the promise is being fulfilled. And so now he offers this thing about capturing this city, Debir, and... Uh, and Othniel, his, his uh, nephew, who represents a new generation, is stepping up to be like him. And he, I don't know, maybe he was proud of that. He's good about that. Evidently, Othniel had a different spirit. Because we're going to see in a little while that Israel goes off into idolatry. But not Othniel. Not him. So... Uh, so anyhow, he takes the city, he gets Oxa, his prize. Jesus came, he overcame the world, and got his bride. Right? Set her free, because we were in bondage. But now, we've been dressed gloriously. 
I ain't got time to do all that because it's 11.55 now. But the Panthers have a bias, so I don't have to worry. <laughs> I'm just going to work that for a month. So y'all just plan to hear it. So he attacks it, he smites it, he captures it, and he gets Oxa in marriage. And then I'm going to skip over to Judges chapter 3. Is that 3? Yes, 3, 7. Hopefully it's behind me. It says, the Israelites did evil. See, see how quickly. Did evil in the eyes of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and the Asherahs. The Baals and the Asherahs want human sacrifice. They have uh, orgies as part of their, their worship. Have all kinds of things. Verse 8, because I haven't got time to play around too much. The anger of the Lord burned against Israel so that he sold them into the hands of Cushan Rishaphai. Yeah. That was, was, (laughs) thank you so much. Jack said dead on. I appreciate that encouragement. Because there's another one come up, coming up. King of Aram, <laughs> to whom the Israelites were subject for eight years. Here's the thing. You walk off, you walk away from the Lord. We've done this before. If the Lord is here, right? If he's here and I stay with the Lord, I prosper. I'm blessed, right? He's all that's good. If I walk away from him, I'm walking away from all that's good. So if I walk away from the Lord, I'm walking into evil. Right? If, if, he's, if he's prosperity and I walk away from him, I'm walking into poverty. If he's life and I walk away from him, I'm walking into death. If he's freedom... And I walk away from them, I walk into bondage. And so they left the Lord and ended up subject to that guy. You know what his name means? Twice wicked. Double wicked. Most malicious. Well, that's a picture, isn't it? (laughs) There you go. You can be with the great I am. I am whatever you need. I am salvation. Or you can go to twice wicked, most malicious, and serve in bondage. And it says they were there eight years before they came to their senses. Eight years. Won't get into the eights and do all that kind of thing. Double wickedness. What a name. What kind of parents do you have to name you double wickedness? Most malicious. And when they cried out to the Lord, he raised up for them a deliverer, a savior. A deliverer, savior. Othniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, who saved them. You could put the name Jesus in there. (laughs) Totally... Because he's a foreshadowing of Jesus. Because God in the fullness of time raised up Jesus, Yahashua, God's salvation, 
to deliver us out of the bondage, to deliver us out of the evil, right? So Othniel becomes the first judge. It goes Joshua, and there's no clear leader. Uh, you could say Caleb for a while. But he becomes the first judge, Othniel. Somebody check me, because there's been a couple of chapters. I may have forgotten somebody. But Othniel, or Othniel, or Othi, as his friends call him. I have no idea. I'm just saying that. And he saved them. He delivered them out of bondage. Verses 10 and 11. Yes. Oh, just 10. We'll just do 10. I did 10 and 11. So the Spirit of the Lord came on him so that he became Israel's judge and went to war. The Lord gave the guy double wickedness, king of Aram, into the hands of Othniel, who overpowered him. Because when the Spirit of the Lord has anointed you, and Jesus the Christ, or Yahashua the Messiah, Mashiach, is that it in Hebrew? Is that how you say it? Mashiach. Angie's just looking at me, so never mind. It means he's the anointed one, and to be called Christians, which is what it says in Acts, we're first called Christians in Antioch. Christian means little anointed one. Because the Lord was the anointed one, the Spirit anointed him. Go to Isaiah 61 and see that. That's so cool. Spirit of the Lord has anointed me, which is what he says at the start of his ministry when he reads it in Luke 4. And we've been called little anointed ones because we're to be like him. And if we're little anointed ones, how are we anointed? Baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Why did I just say that? What are the names of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? Father's name, you could say, is Abba, but that's really Daddy. You could say Yahweh, but they were scared to say Yahweh in the Old Testament because they didn't want to take the name of the Lord their God in vain. So they wrote Adonai when you got to Yahweh. So when they got to Yahweh, they would say Adonai. Sometimes Hashem. Are you familiar with Hashem? The name. Adonai, the Lord. So if you say the name of the Father... The Lord, Adonai. The name of the Son, easy, Yahashua, Yeshua, Jesus. Name of the Father, Adonai, Yahashua. You hear a phrase there, the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Christ. The name of the Spirit, he's the one who anoints. Who anoints? The Spirit anoints. So if you're an anointed one, the Holy Spirit has anointed you, so when you say the Lord Jesus Christ, you've said it all. The name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Right? Isn't that cool? Well, I evidently think it's cooler than y'all do. But anyhow, <laughs> I think it's cool. So the Spirit of the Lord came on Othniel. He's anointed by the Spirit of the Lord. He became Israel's judge. He was elevated in everybody's sight. What does a judge do? The judge determines sentences. And Othniel said, double wickedness, your days are done. 
you've had a long run that was way more than you should have ever had. Your days are numbered. Raised him as judge. And he overpowered that kingdom. That king in that kingdom. He overpowered. Because when you're anointed by the Lord, who anoints you? The spirit of the Lord. And the spirit of the Lord is the spirit of the Lord. Wisdom and counsel. You go through it all. Remember, one of those seven spirits of the Lord or seven branch candlestick when you're talking about the Holy Spirit is the spirit of power. Or some of your translations will say the spirit of might. So the battle is the Lord's, and it's not by might or by power in men's terms, but it's by my spirit that he does things. So if we've been anointed by the Spirit of God, we can overpower evil, even double evil, even the most malicious. Oh, it's 1204, 1205 as I said it. Just see if I do that, I don't see it. That, that works fine. <laughs> so let's see, that was just 10, so verse 11. So, uh, <clears throat> so the land had peace for 40 years until Othniel, son of Kenaz, died. So when you have someone anointed who is placed in the position of judge to determine good and evil and who acts on behalf of God for good, it blesses the people. It matters who your leader is. So we live in this free land and it's not for Danny to go and just vote for anybody. And it's not for Danny to sit out of an election. Right. It's for Danny to ask the Lord who he has anointed to lead. And I may not like who he's anointed to lead. But heaven help Danny if he's anointed Afnael the lion of God, to lead, and I go for somebody who's popular and says he'll give me money if I vote for him. And he'll give me a position in his cabinet. His cabinet's made out of wormwood. And his money's counterfeit. And I'm going to jail. Right? But if you choose the Lord's anointed, kingdom purposes, people are blessed. Peace during his lifetime. 40 years, 40 years as a generation. Othniel brought peace for his generation. It matters who leads. It matters who's in charge. Sorry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dial that back a little because I'm getting a little loud. So I don't want to get too loud. It matters. It matters. So just in this context, think of this scripture. So Jesus takes them to a place of wickedness 
Some of you don't know that. He takes them to a place of wickedness where probably when he takes them there, there are orgies going on as a part of worship to idolatry. It's full, the, the cliff face of this place that used to be Pania honored, honoring the god Pan, not Peter Pan peanut butter, but you know, Pan, the god, the flute guy, the goat guy, all that kind of stuff. And now is Caesarea, what, Philippi? Caesarea? Yeah, because yeah, it's Herod Philip, right? He's, he's got a nice temple he builds to Caesar. He's got one he builds to himself too because he's tagging along. But there's niches in this cliff wall full of statues of gods and goddesses and nymphs and all that kind of stuff. And he takes those Jewish boys to this place of total depravity and darkness and idolatry. And he says, who do folks say I am? They start naming some dead prophets or John the Baptist come back to life. And then Peter, whose name is Simeon or Simon, says, you're the Christ. You're the anointed one of God, son of the living God. And Jesus says, you didn't hear, Simeon, you didn't hear that from earth. You heard that from heaven. Right? And then he goes on to say, on this rock, and some people say it's Peter, but he called Peter a pebble. Petros pebble. The rock was, was that huge cliff face with all those gods. He's saying those gods will not overcome the ecclesia, which is a military term that I'm building because I'm going to leave this military outpost here and this military outpost is going to possess the land and possess every kingdom and bring it all under subjection to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Right? This kingdom I'm setting up, these people, these lions, this force that I'm setting up, the strength that I'm setting up, will so take over the earth that it will look like heaven. Amen. Ain't happened yet. Although, to tell you the truth, there may have been times that it got close. I'm not familiar with every bit of history. There, there's a time, I, I don't know if y'all are aware of this, there's a time that Ireland was sending missionaries all across the world. The St. Patrick's Day and, and shortly after, you know, the church in Ireland was sending missionaries everywhere. Sounds like a good place to be, maybe back then, I don't know. All kinds of interesting stories about St. Patrick. And there are people like that in church history that, that seem to have set up a place that, that seems to have gotten at it. And I didn't, I didn't uh, give Kevin this, this, but this is important too. Uh, Daniel chapter 7, verses 21 and 22 gets at something I'm after. As I watched, 
talking about this little horn with the big mouth. This little horn was waging war against the holy people, the saints. And this little horn was defeating the saints until, until, big word, until the ancient of days came and pronounced judgment. There's a judge making a judgment. There's a judge, a righteous judge, bringing the gavel down and saying, you've had enough. No more. Until the ancient of days came and pronounced judgment in favor of the holy people of the Most High, and the time came when they possessed the kingdom. That's not only really important because it's Daniel and it's prophetic and all that kind of stuff, but some of you that follow Bobby Connor know that when he wrote Shepherd's Rod last year, this was the verse the Lord gave him. And the Lord said, this is where we are right now in my timetable. I have brought the gavel down and I have said enough and it's time now for the church to take possession of the kingdom. And his new shepherd's staff, shepherd's rod, whatever, is not, well, last time I looked, it wasn't printed yet. It's still at the printer's. But he said for the second time in 30 years, however long he's been doing it, this one is a sequel to last year. So 2024 is a sequel to what the Lord said in 2023. And to understand 2024, you need to read 2023 because it goes together, almost like a coupling it together or something. I don't know. Like the way I work that in there? Jesus, okay. And in 2024, it's the Lord telling the church how to possess the kingdom. So, 1214, really, seriously? Okay, let's stop. After this. So, <laughs> just a short synopsis. The praise team can go ahead and come up. That'll give you a little bone there. You'll go, oh, he's, he's really wrapping it up. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> so we... Here you go. Check this out. Jesus is called a lion and Satan is called a lion. Am I in your way, Kevin? Okay, thank you. Thank you. You're very kind. It's good when your son-in-law says, no, you're good. You're totally good. Um, but just in case, I'll come on down here. Satan appears as a lion and he's trying to devour people. But Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah, which you know what it means now. He's the lion of the tribe of outstretched hands of praise, which means just like he's the Christ and we're Christians, he has made us like Othniel, lions of God, but it's about being of the tribe of Judah because the scepter 
is in Judah. The scepter, the authority comes with the outstretched hands of praise. The scepter, the authority comes in the adoration of the one who is king of kings and lord of lords. Right? So as lions of God, we now are called to smite the kingdom of darkness and capture the territories they have ruled over and give them notice that their days are done and there's a new sheriff in town. Is that good? A new authority in town and that the kingdom of light is dispersing their darkness. And as the church, as the ecclesia, we have been sent here to represent the king of kings. And we now come into agreement with what he says, and so the enemy must go. Right? Jesus said, pray anything according to my will, come into agreement. Anything according to his will, say what you've heard him say, it shall be done. Right? In this world, because the Lord will not ignore our cry, it doesn't matter how long evil has been taking over, it can turn on a dime. The book of Esther, right? It can turn on a dime. Tables can reverse in a moment. We're lines of God. You are saints of the Most High. You've been called to speak what you hear while you're in praise. And if we will do that, we will advance, and not just advance, we will advance and possess. Good? Okay. Y'all ready? I've been trying to take enough time to give you, to get ready. Y'all, y'all, I'll give you enough time. Jessa, you, you ready? Jessa's really the main one. You know, it takes her a little bit. <laughs> so we're, go- we're going to pray. And um, if, if you need to go after we pray for the emblems and you partake, feel free to go. If you want to stay in worship, you can stay in worship. If you need to go to the prayer room, the prayer room's available over there. Angie, is there anything you need to say at all? No. Okay. Angie doesn't need to say anything. So let's pray. Lord, we just confess you are the lion of the tribe of Judah. You are the lion of God. You're the anointed one of God. You are the prevailer. You are the overcomer. You're the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And you're also the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You're our kinsman redeemer. So we thank you for sacrificing yourself that we might be free. Thank you for your blood that covers us. Thank you for your body. By your stripes we're healed. So as we eat the bread and drink from the cup. We remember what you've done for us and we thank you for it and we offer you our praise and we will listen so that if there are things that you want to say to us in this moment of relationship, this moment of what we call communion, 
that we will hear, that we will have ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to understand. So we offer you our praise. In your name, Jesus, we pray it. Amen. Amen, amen.